Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 42, 18 through 43, 17, called The Spiritually Deaf and Blind. So Isaiah 42, and by way of backtracking just for a moment, notice, here's what it says, 42, 16. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know, Isaiah 42, 16. In paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. They shall be turned back and be utterly put to shame who trust in idols, by contrast, who say to molten images, you are our gods. Now God makes a promise to the blind in verse 16 that he will lead them by a way that they do not know. He will guide them. And uh, this will make a little bit of sense in verse 18 because I think once you read the verse, you'll scratch your head with me, where God says, 42.18, hear you deaf, God bless you and your family, and look you blind that you may see. It, it seems a little strange, does it not? That God says to the deaf, hear, and to the blind, see. And I started thinking, well, what does this really mean? Well, I think we're going to discover that the blind and the deaf are really Israel. And it goes all the way back to the beginning of the book when God said, you're going to keep speaking to a people and they won't listen, they won't hear, their hearts are hard. But yet the, the word goes out. The word goes out, hear deaf and look blind. And I started thinking about the way that the gospel works. And really, this is something that happens actually every single day. Because God, when the gospel is preached, asks deaf people to hear and blind people to see. Because these are spiritual realities. It's not that the people lack the faculties of their physical abilities. This is not putting down the deaf. This is not a, a call for healing of a physical uh, disease. Although God, uh, through, of course, Jesus Christ, did do that. But this is really a call to open up your ears to truth and be changed. It's a call to open up your eyes to truth and really see things in the way that God would have you see them. Remember when Paul described his mission from Jesus Christ in the book of Acts, he said, I'm going to send you, I'm going to, I'm going to protect you from your own people, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles that you might open their eyes, this is Acts 26, 18, Right, right around in there, to turn them from darkness to light and the power of Satan to God. Paul's ministry was described as an eye-opening ministry. That's what God does, by the way. When you become a Christian, he opens your eyes to things that you really never saw before. He really says to you who are blind, I want you to see with new eyes and I want you to hear with new ears. And we can be really, even though the reality of God is all around us and even Romans 1 within us, we can still be largely deaf and blind to those things. It can be through our own callousness. It can be through ignorance. 
But it really is because we are dead in our sins and trespasses, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And here's where the debate comes in about how salvation works and how much of it is us responding to the light we're given and how much of it is God initiating an eye-opening experience for us. And it really is a combination of both. God uh, uses the power of the gospel to show you your need, to show you who he is and what you need to do. And as you respond to that light, then God opens your eyes. It's as if, as Paul described his uh, own transformation in the book of Acts, or at least Luke describing it, it's as if scales fell from his eyes. That's what happens in uh, spiritual rebirth. God uh, gives you new eyesight. And all of a sudden you begin to see things that you did not see before about the world. And it's, you all of a sudden hear the voice of God in a different way. Um, maybe for some of you, you, you may have sat in a church for years and then there was a moment in time where all of a sudden the scales fell from your eyes or your ears opened in a, in a different way. I had moments like that. Even after I believe I became a Christian, I had those kind of um, fork in the road moments where God was really showing me, hey, I want, you to, I want you to see this for what it is and I want you to go this way. If you want me to use you, you need to lay this down and go in this direction. And those are really, uh, I would say, profound moments. I think all of us can, can relate to those. The work of the Messiah, if you look back in the chapter 42.7, was to open blind eyes, 42.7, and to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in darkness from the prison. So that's what Jesus did. He came to release us from spiritual blindness, to release us from our sins in his own blood, Revelation 1.5. Who is blind, verse 19, but my servant, and here now it's not the servant, the Messiah, but the nation, or so deaf as my messenger whom I send, who is so blind uh, as he that is at peace, that's uh, Salem, with me, or so blind as the servant of the Lord. Now this, again, leads into the pointing to the nation, and the sad reality is, is that the nation that was supposed to be the witness to the others to bring the eye-opening experience, they themselves, guess what, were blind. It's pretty sad when the messenger that is supposed to deliver the message is himself or herself also blind. That's a problem, isn't it? The, the nation of Israel was supposed to be a light to the Gentiles, but they failed in that mission because they were overcome by idols, And Jesus said in the New Testament that the scribes and Pharisees were the blind leading the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, will they not fall into a, both fall into a ditch? So you got to watch out who it is that you're watching or following or looking to for spiritual wisdom. Because sadly, there are many blind leading the blind. There are many people who all they do is listen to their friends because their friends have so much wisdom. And then you hear what their friends tell them and you go, oh my goodness. So you people just sit around and, and, and it's sad. And God says now the nation that was supposed to be a light to the other nations, they're, they're blind. So what do you do when the messenger's blind and the preacher doesn't hear anymore? Uh, you're in trouble. When the pulpits no longer bring forth truth, when you wonder, you know, uh, I even heard, a, I read a story where there was a preacher preaching, and uh, 
the people in the church noticed that something happened to him as he was preaching his sermon, and someone in the audience yelled out, the preacher just got saved! The preacher just got saved! And the story was that right as he was preaching, this guy really didn't believe what he taught, but he was reading from the Bible, and he was born again in the middle of his own sermon. And that's really what needs to take place. We must be born again. It's possible to teach, but if the blind are leading the blind... And here, the servant of the Lord is a picture of the nation of Israel. Of course, it's a problem. What we need is we need a reformation. Listen to this. The revival we long for, this is from my notes, must begin with God's people. It must start with a word called reformation, which, if you're a note taker, is a recovery of God's purpose for us. Revival is the recovery of God's life in us, Reformation is an important first step because it recovers God's purpose for us. Listen to A.W. Tozer. He put it bluntly, as he always did. A revival of the kind of Christianity which we have in America in the last 50 years would be the greatest tragedy of this century. A tragedy which would take 100 years to get over. What's the point, says this writer, of reviving the wrong kind of Christianity? We often talk about a revival, but if we don't have the right things to revive, then we need to scrap it and start all over. And that's the idea of reformation. It's to reform. It's to uh, get back to that which God cares about. Uh, Quoting again, God loves to renew confused and tired people. Reformation then is God getting us back on course to our true identity. This is what Israel lost. It is God renewing in our hearts a passionate clarity about his purpose for us. It is God reawakening in us a love for his truth and his ways. When this happens, then and only then will we truly display the glory of God in the church. There has to be the right track. Or all we're going to do is baptize what we may be seeing as really not the spirit of God moving in our culture. So that's where reformation is important. And God says, verse 20, you have seen many things, but you do not observe them. Your ears are open, but none hears. I think it's pretty easy to think of the nation and think of, well, you know, we often say this, man, all the miracles that they saw, all the things, how could they wallow in unbelief? But how many things have you seen? How many times have you watched God in a detailed way answer a prayer request that you had or see him meet a need that you had? How many things have you seen? How many things have you heard? And yet you know, as well as I, that it's so easy to move towards rebellion. It's so easy to lose our way, though we have observed many things and seen many things. The Lord was pleased, 21, in his righteousness Uh, for his righteousness sake, to make the law great and glorious. This is what God does. The law is a reflection of God's glory. You can't separate God's law from his person. And this is what God wanted Israel to be. Ultimately, he wanted Israel to be a nation so dominated by God and his ways that people would be drawn to the nation. But that's not what happened. Israel did not become a glory to the nations, Israel became a stumbling block. As a matter of fact, God 
used the idolatrous nations to destroy his own people. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Walk in Truth has more content for you to listen to with our mini-sodes A Step Closer, where Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics and questions about life from a Christian perspective. You'll also get a chance to get to know the team. We have just celebrated Easter, so the first series is on the resurrection. So if something is that, that's written down reflects poorly on what is being described or what is being reported on, if that reflects poorly... That lends to its credibility. Yes. Because normally we say, well, the writers are biased. Regardless, we're not just talking about the New Testament. Any writer's biased, they want to get their point of view across. But what shows their objectivity or attempt to be objective is when they include information or facts that reflect poorly on themselves or the narrative they're trying to push. Yes. And, and so let's take a step further towards that. So when the women go to the apostles who are supposed to be the brave followers of Christ, right. they say... The, the women have lost their minds, to paraphrase. They do. They're just crazy tales. They, they don't believe it, which is another embarrassment yeah. because, of course, the, the documents go on to say that Christ is risen and it becomes crystal clear. But the, the way that it, this is written down, and we believe it corresponds exactly to what happened, is that they don't believe they have no faith. To listen to the Walk in Truth mini-sodes a step closer, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and more. Again, follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth. It's so easy to lose our way, though we have observed many things. And seen many things. The Lord was pleased, 21, in his righteousness, uh, for his righteousness' sake, to make the law great and glorious. This is what God does. The law is a reflection of God's glory. You can't separate God's law from his person. And this is what God wanted Israel to be. Ultimately, he wanted Israel to be a nation so dominated by God and his ways that people would be drawn to the nation. But that's not what happened. Israel did not become a glory to the nations. Israel became a stumbling block. As a matter of fact, God used the idolatrous nations to destroy his own people. And so rather than them being a city on a hill, uh, a light to the nations, they became just the opposite. People looked at them and said, wait a minute, that's supposed to be the nation of God. But what happened? God sent the Assyrians and they sacked uh, the north and harassed the south, and then God sent Babylon. And these were pagan nations worshiping idols, and God allowed them to come in. In Nebuchadnezzar's case, he burned the king's palace and the temple to the ground. And God allowed that to take place. And the the nation of Israel was not a light, though God wanted to put his law on display. This people, this is a people, 22, plundered and despoiled. All of them, now here's the image of them being taken in captivity to Babylon. All of them are trapped in caves or are hidden away in prisons. 
They have become a prey with none to deliver them and a, and a spoil with none to say, give them back. Give those people back. I don't know if that strikes you, but you know, sometimes when I see someone taken in sin, that, that's how I feel. Give them back. But it, it takes a little holy ire. It takes a little disdain for evil. It takes a person like Nehemiah to see the ruins of the city and walk around them after weeping over hearing the condition and the lostness and the brokenness and saying, God, I'm going to pray and I'm going to be your man. I'm going to, be, I'm going to look at the ruins of my own uh, city that I love and say, I'm going to do something. I refuse to sit on my hands. That's what stirs change. That's, what, that's the difference between sitting in a seat and uh, learning things and actually being an agent of change in the world. What do you want to be? Those are the kinds of questions that I ask myself all the time. Who among you will give ear to this, 23? Who will give heed and listen hereafter? I think God's always asking that question. Who, you know, God is always searching the earth to and fro, looking how he might make himself strong through an individual. And God says, who will hear? Who will give heed? Who will listen? Who gave uh, Jacob up for spoil, 24, and Israel to plunderers? Was it not the Lord? And the Lord did it, of course, because he disciplined the people that he loved. Against whom we have sinned, they're, they're uh, here pictured as taking ownership and understanding that God did, did this, and whose ways they were, note it, not willing to walk, and in, and in whose law they did not obey. And so... He, God, poured out on him, on Israel, the heat of his anger and the fierceness of battle. He sent the Babylonians and set him aflame all around. Here's the language of war and judgment. Yet he did not recognize it and it burned him, but he paid no attention. Now we like to say with children that, you know, the one time they burn their hand on the stove, then they'll learn their lesson, right? So you say, don't touch that. Or you see the sign that says wet paint and you just got to really see if it's really true. There's something in you, right? So you say, don't touch the stove. The stove is hot. I don't want to touch the stove. Don't touch it. And then get close. So you say, all right. So the eyes, sirens are going off. Comfort them. And you think, oh, they're cured now. Certainly, because we all know that the one time we touched something hot and got burned, we never did it again, right? (gasps) You see, this judgment, here's the reality. This judgment, look at verse 25. The heat of God's anger, he poured it out. The fierceness of battle, they, they ended up in a war, and of course they lost. The flame was all around them, and yet, They did not recognize it burned them and they paid no attention. Uh, The discipline of the Lord is meant to get your attention. (laughs) But if it doesn't, then what? Have you ever seen a situation where someone, you know, kind of gets it, they get what's coming to them and they don't seem to respond to it? 
And you go, oh my goodness, what do you do after that? What do you do when you give someone, you take them to the woodshed and they're worse? What do you do with a group of people like that? That's exactly where God found his own nation. He had disciplined them severely. As a matter of fact, 70 years in a foreign land, a pagan land, and apparently the bulk of them did not learn their lesson. That's a scary place to be. That's a scary place to be when you know God's dealing with you and you're, you're saying, I'm not going to listen. But now, here's the good news. 43.1. Thus says the Lord, your creator, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. Even though this is how these people were and are, God says it doesn't matter. I'm still going to redeem them. And one quote that I think will capture the heart of it, what matters most about you is not what you deserve, but whose you are, close quote. What matters most about you is not what you deserve, but who you belong to. Because you belong to the king who is not uh, redeeming Israel. Remember, in the Old Testament, it says, I didn't pick you because you were more numerous than any people or you were better than any people. That's not why I chose you. I chose you just because I decided to love you. So it's not like you earned my initial call. So it's not like I'm going to redeem you because you're some fantastically special people. I'm going to redeem you because that's who I am. I Notice this, but now God comes on the scene. Uh, I am the one who created you, Jacob, the nation. I formed you. This is uh, the language from Genesis when God formed uh, Adam from the dust of the earth. O Israel, fear not. I have redeemed you. I've purchased you back. I have called you by your name. You are mine. If you are a believer uh, tonight, You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. When God saved you, it wasn't because you were doing a little bit better in your life. As a matter of fact, maybe the bulk of us came into the kingdom when we were at our lowest point in our lives. So it's not like God, you know, does this on a brownie point system. It's not like, you know, the famous line when people say, I think I'll go to church after I clean up my life a little bit, then I think I'll go. That would be like standing outside of a shower and said, saying, before I get in the shower, I think I'll clean myself up a little bit before I go into the water. No, you don't do that. You let the shower clean you. So that's why we say, come just as you are. And that's what God is really saying. I, I created you. I formed you. Uh, I don't want you to be afraid because I'm the one that redeemed you. I've called you by your name. You are mine. And how did God do it? Through Jesus Christ. He sent him into the world to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He redeemed us and purchased us back from the slave market of sin by his own blood. And he called us by name into his kingdom. He said, I know who you are. I know what you were doing before you walked into the church that day. And the first time you heard the gospel, and there was a bunch of people praying for you because you were a rascal, right? And there you walked in thinking you're all that. Yeah, yeah, all right, I think maybe I'll grace this place with my presence, right? And then all of a sudden, first arrow comes. 
right? And truth starts to hit your life a little bit. And God says, I'm calling you to myself. I'm the Goel. I'm the one that Goel, uh, redeemer, means to lift up God. It's the exact opposite of pride. Pride lifts up self. To be redeemed means to lift up God. And that's what the redeemed say. Let the redeemed say so. God is my redeemer. And I know he lives. And if you belong to God, I want you to highlight that promise. God says, I've called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, verse 2, 43, I will be with you. Through the rivers, this is Exodus imagery again, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you. You've been listening to The Spiritually Deaf and Blind, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 42, 18 through 43, 17. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our Free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also be able to listen to Pastor Michael's teaching in Revelation, Job, and many more. Again, search for and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. And just a reminder that this is a listener-supported ministry. Would you consider becoming a partner for $5 a month? We're blessed to know that these teachings reach thousands of listeners just like you every weekday through our radio partners and through the podcast. If you've been listening for some time now and you're blessed by this ministry, if you've learned something from Pastor Michael's teachings, or if you've been encouraged, please help others like you. Visit walkintruth.com to donate. That's walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah 42, 18 through 43, 17, called The Spiritually Deaf and Blind. I'm Mike Massaro, and thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.